Hello and welcome to a very special bonus episode of the Pod Bible Podcast and it is very good to be back. It's been a little while, I'm a little bit rusty, haven't recorded a podcast for Pod Bible or any podcast for a little while now, but we're here and we're excited because we've got two very special conversations that we're bringing you today. But before we do that, let me tell you all about the new Pod Bible magazine, which is out now. It came out on the 8th of October, issue 29 with cover stars Nick Grimshaw and Angela Hartnett from Dish, the podcast, the food podcast brought to you by Waitrose. A great podcast, loads of fantastic conversations on that show. Uh, and we spoke to them. We had a lovely interview and we featured it in our magazine, which also has chats with uh, the people behind This Paranormal Life. We've got Anna Bogutskaya, the uh, film critic, talking about their favourite shows and all kinds of new recommendations and reviews and loads of good stuff. If you want to read it, you can go to podbiblemag.com where you can order a copy to your door. You can subscribe for the rest of the year. You can download the PDF version. You can read a nice digital flipbook version. There's loads of ways to read it. No excuses. You can head over to podbiblemag.com and read all about uh, the latest issue. And of course, the whole back catalogue and loads of extra bonus content, interviews, articles, reviews, lists, loads of good stuff. Podbiblemag.com. All right, let's focus today uh, on the chats we're about to have. And neither of them are by me, but they're by Stu, co-founder of Podbible and uh, prolific podcaster himself, Stu Whiffin. And starting us off today, he is having a chat with Emma Saunders, who is one of the hosts of On Tour with Sport 24. Emma, tell me all about your podcast, please. Uh, so it's On Tour with Sport 24, which we like to think has a bit of a ring to it. And it is a podcast that I would say connects anyone that's enthusiastic about travel and sports, which is why, honestly, I thought I'd won the jackpot when they asked me to present it. Because speaking personally, I've been on a number of trips where I've deliberately tried to visit somewhere and tie in whatever sport is available, um, wherever that might be. So I'm a big tennis fan. I'm fortunate enough that I've been to all the Grand Slams. So when I went to New York, I thought, yep, yeah, got to grab some US Open tennis. Likewise, Paris, you've got uh, the French Open there, the Australian Open. When we were there, I also did a bit of MCG cricket. So speaking as someone who shares this passion for sort of connecting, seeing the world with following sport, I was fully on board with the idea. And it, yeah, it sounds like so a Really rubbish job, Emma. Sounds like a proper drag. <laughs> well, unfortunately, that. No, unfortunately <laughs> I present it all remotely, so I'm never actually in these places. But the the beauty of it is, is that for the podcast, we connect with people that are from these sporting cities and that can tell us all about the sport that is on offer. So it is Sport Twenty Four that the platform that offer the podcast and. Sport 24 themselves are the first live sports channel, if you like, whether you're in the air, so on an aeroplane or at sea. So if you're, if you're on a cruise, so if you're traveling yeah, across the sea or 30,000 feet in the air, you probably would have watched Sport 24 at some point because they can bring you all this live sport uh, when you're traveling, whether that's sort of Premier League football, the Olympics, Grand Slam tennis, as I've mentioned, uh, World Cups, a, a bit of everything. So they already kind of connect their, their passengers, their sport lovers with their love for travel. And I guess the podcast is kind of an extension of that. So once you step off your flight or you're, you step off your cruise when you've been at sea, it's a, yeah, it's a continuation of that. And you can kind of take us with you and we can give you 
what we like to think is a bit of a guide, an interesting guide, uh, taking you through all the sort of nooks and crannies of these cities, these sporting cities, and what makes them so iconic in, in that regard. You know, whether it's these big stadiums or the presence of the fans around these cities, what it is about the sporting side that, yeah, makes it so interesting. Tell me a little bit, you know, because you've just spoke about the sort of the, the TV side of it, and I'm, I'm always interested to see how other forms of media embracing podcasting. And is this the first sort of venture into podcasting for Sports 24? As far as I know, yes. Uh, This is my first experience of working with um, Sport 24. But I think the the main premise of what they do, as I mentioned there, is broadcasting live sports in in television, in visual, to, to their passengers that are on board. The beauty of this, and I think it's a first for Sport24, is that it's available to all the podcast providers and it's allowed them to sort of extend into that space that you're not just limited to being a passenger on an airline or on a cruise ship watching their output there. It allows you to, you know, right with any podcast, have the freedom to be at home walking around in in London or wherever you might be from it and taking it in what it's like to be in this sporting city from where you are, whether you're on the way to work or I think for Sport 24, yeah, that was quite important to allow that that interaction between their their users, the passengers that love travel, love sport to to go a step further, really, and become remote. How have you found being part of um, this ever-growing podcast community. How's that been for you? Yeah, good. I mean, I love I love podcasts. I listen to them all the time. And I think that can be quite useful, actually, I suppose, when you're presenting these kind of things. Because as I mentioned there, the beauty of podcasting is that you can take it in from anywhere. I mean, I was on a flight last night listening to a podcast from 30,000 feet. Not my own, as much as I love Sport 24. <laughs> I don't want to listen to my own voice. Um, but you've got that. You don't need to be connected to anything. You can be lying on a beach. You can be on your way to work. Yeah. And I think when we're trying to present this content and ask the right questions, that can be quite useful to kind of picture that these people that you're potentially speaking to are from all walks of life all over the world. And they may, even though we're talking about what we think of big sporting cities, people might have no idea about Madrid and and what it has to offer or Melbourne or London or Paris. They've just never, or Miami, you know, never taken the time or or know much at all about these, these cities that we probably take that knowledge for granted. So yeah, I, I I love it. And I like, I just love sharing knowledge. I think that's my background. My my main thing as a journalist, it's that curiosity, sure. isn't it? And I, I love that we have this platform to do this and connect with so many people. I've, I've had messages from totally random people that I know that have been on a flight and said, oh, I'd like, I didn't expect to hear your voice on here talking about... <laughs> Yeah, you know, the AFL scene in Melbourne. And that is the beauty of podcasting, isn't it? It's accessible to anyone, anywhere. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, as, as we record this at the beginning uh, of October, tell us a little bit about the episodes that are, are currently at today. Uh, yes, so the three that have been released so far are Melbourne, Miami and London. So as, as I've mentioned there, the sort of pre- the premise of the podcast is looking at what makes it a global city, a sporting city. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's what gives these cities the status, if you like, as, as to why they're recognised on the global sporting stage. 
so for instance, with the Melbourne episode, we try and give a bit of variety with our guests. So I'm the presenter, but alongside me, I always have Rob Adcock, who's, as I introduced, a TikTok travel extraordinaire. So he's very much on, on TikTok as his platform, but with that, he travels to all different corners of the earth doing all sorts. So he's very sort of well experienced with that. And he's been to a lot of the cities that we're that we're talking about. And he likes to do it on a budget as well, which I think is always quite nice for our listeners because generally speaking, yes, we're talking about the Miami Grand Prix and Wimbledon and all the sort of glam that's associated with that. But let's be honest, a lot of people are traveling on a bit of a shoestring budget, aren't they? Absolutely. So Rob definitely gives that element to the podcast too. And he'll give you that little tips of how to take things in, perhaps, yeah, on more of a budget, which is quite nice. So we have people like, uh, we have Rob joining us on every episode and a lot of local people attached to these cities. So with the Melbourne episode, as I mentioned there, we have sports commentator Peter Mercato, um, who's travelled globally. So he kind of understands, like, a, I think tennis is his, kind of his main thing. So he'll talk a lot about the Aussie Open, but he'll be able to compare that with like, if you've been to Paris to go and watch the French Open or Wimbledon, which again is quite a nice way to connect to our listeners. Yeah. So we get a lot. We've had broadcasters, commentators. We had an AFL fan who, on the ground, was just so enthusiastic and telling us all the nuances and ins and outs of AFL. A lot of which I didn't know. And then also athletes who have played in these like sporting arenas that we're talking about. So again, the Melbourne one, we had former England international cricketer Stephen Finn talking to us about what it's like to walk out, you know, on a Boxing Day Ashes test. Yeah. So really, I think we we like to think we kind of encompass all different ranges. You've got the athletes who have been in and played on the grass in these arenas. Logan Sargent, an F1 driver, he's driven the Miami track. He's from Miami. But then with that, because he's from there, he can tell us what it's like to live there and where to go and eat and what the kind of typical food and drink is in these places. So, yeah, it's kind of all angles covered, we'd like to think. Wonderful. And what can we expect moving forwards? Uh, So like I mentioned there, Melbourne, Miami, London are the three episodes we've done so far. Madrid uh, is in the pipeline. And I think Paris as well might be the next one that we're um, homing in on. Um, So plenty more episodes to come. And uh, wow, the beauty of this is there are so many sporting cities to explore. So the possibilities are endless, really. I just need to get onto them about doing one remotely that's not in London. Because yes, it was amazing to go to Wimbledon. But I, yeah, I wouldn't mind a crack going over to, uh, I don't know, yeah, somewhere else across the world to take him some sport elsewhere. Maybe some Serie A football in Italy. That would be nice, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> That'd be well all right there. <laughs> Wonderful. And if people want to check out the podcast, I mean, I guess it's like saying, you know, pick your favourite child. But if you was to say to a new listener, like, go and check out the podcast, would you say, start at the beginning, or would you say, do you know what? This episode, we really, really kind of, found what we was set out to do with it. I th- well, I think the beauty of it is you don't you don't need to listen to them in chronological order. And, and that's kind of why it works. Because I, I personally will listen to a podcast. I have series that I, I listen to religiously. But if there's something I want to find out about, so often I'll search it and I'll be like, has anyone ever talked about it? Like, for instance, this journalist, uh, Millie Bright, the England Lioness's captain, right? I wanted to find out more about her. So this morning I've listened to a couple of podcasts that she's on giving interviews. So if you're traveling to Melbourne and you think, oh, I wonder what, you can research blogs and stuff on the internet, can't you? But I think the podcast or stratosphere is another place that you can do this kind of research. 
So, yeah, my advice would be, yeah, give them... At the moment, there's only three out there, so it's not too much of your time taken mm. up anyway. And they, they kind of all offer the same thing, as, as, I've, as I've mentioned there. You've got people on the ground that know the areas really well. A bit of humour in there with Rob, some broadcasters that can tell you the ins and outs of their experience there, and then the athletes as well. So... Yeah, I'd like to think from the word go, we've hit the ground running. But I suppose the listener will be the judge of that. But yeah, get get stuck in on any of those episodes. They were really good fun to record. So hopefully they're good fun to listen to as well. Wonderful. And people can listen to that on all usual podcast platforms, yeah? Yes. So available uh, on all audio platforms. I understand it has been picked up by some airlines and some airlines that don't even show Sport 24, their output. So, which again, though, I think reflects that there is this general appetite for sort of connecting sport travel. So, yeah, Sport 24, on tour with Sport 24 is the podcast, all audio platforms. Join us, because that's why we did it, for you, the listener. Lovely. Emma, thank you so much. No, no worries at all. It's been really nice to speak to you. And uh, next thing I want to do is Google Corsica for summer 2024. Thank you, Emma. And thank you, Stu. And what a lovely sounding podcast that is. I love the mix, the mix of sort of travel and sport there. So yeah, go and check out On Tour with Sport 24. Up next, we've got something a little bit different, which is a chat with a company, not a podcast, but a company that make a lot of different podcasts. They're making waves in the audio space, specifically in podcasts. They create loads of different shows and we've been working with them. They've advertised with us in the past. And Stu is sitting down with Alex Jungius, the director of Distorted, to find out all about their company. Alex, tell me all about Distorted. Wow, where do I start? Well, Distorted has been going, it'll be 10 years. Yeah, 10 years, September, I think, or yeah, end of the year anyway. And yeah, I guess Distorted in its first incarnation was a production house making predominantly electronic music shows for sort of on-demand platforms, really. Um, so DJ mixes, you know, adding links, production, and sort of, I guess, embracing that new world of, oh, actually, does the, you know, the radio station or the big media brand have the power now? Or actually, is it the artist or the label or the individual? And I think we were sort of quite early adopters to realise that, oh, actually, there's a, there's, a big, there's a big gap here because you've got these big-name DJs, big-name artists who've got, you know, sort of millions and millions of followers, and they might be looking for to get a show on Radio 1 or Capital or Kiss, but there were very few few of those going. And we thought, well, actually, what, why don't we pitch them to do their own show and build a, an online presence and an on, online audience that way? And that is essentially what the company grew out of in terms of electronic music content distributed online, then syndicated to radio stations around the world. And we started- what, what, Sorry, Alex, what, what does that mean? So I see radio syndications written a lot on, on a lot of your documentation. Sure. Syndicated around the world. Explain a little bit about how what that is. So again, I guess back to that idea of the balance between who had the power, the, the big media companies or the individuals, what we found was actually it started to shift so that radio stations with budgets being cut looking for content, looking to get top quality talent on the air, were crying out for content. And we thought, okay, well, actually, we're making this content for our, like an online audience. 
would there be a market to distribute that to radio stations? And so we started to sort of build a list of radio stations. We got in contact with them, said, look, would you be interested in taking, you know, this show from Defected, say, for example? And they'd say, yeah, great, we can give you Friday night at 10 o'clock. And it sort of snowballed from there, really. Um, so, so now we syndicate to about 500 radio partners around the globe. And those are radio stations that are taking the content that we make for our clients and broadcasting it on, I say, more traditional, you know, sort of mediums, FM, satellite, DAB, online, things like that. And we have this sort of symbiotic relationship, I guess, whereby obviously, you know, our business model is our clients pay us to make them content. The radio station then gets that content for free, but our clients get their audience. And so yeah. it's this sort of happy balance. And so specifically for touring artists, when they've got we're gigging all over the world, they want a presence in, you know, all the major cities. And actually, if they can speak directly to their fans and say, hey, I've got, a, you know, got a gig in Rio de Janeiro, or, you know, I'm playing in Sydney, buy tickets, then it's just sort of harvesting not only the online fans, but also the people that listen to more traditional mediums as well. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about how the sort of two-year lockdown affected, distorted, and, and the, the wider world of audio, both good and bad. Sure. Well, you know what? Before I do that, what I will say is that that, that, that was the origins of the company. But then actually over then the course of that, that those 10 years, sure. we've, we've moved to more of a, I guess, what you consider now a more podcast production company as well. We do a lot of audio content working with individuals, brands, companies, making, yeah, what you consider podcast content you know sure. speech audio um sort of sound design all that sort of stuff so so yeah that's how we evolved but our roots were in electronic music and then we sort of branched out from there so yeah your question about lockdown was well yeah yeah it was it was a scary time because it felt like initially specifically from the music side of the business all these touring artists DJs <laughs> they were no longer gigging and so we we're like oh God, shit, like what's going to happen here? And we did lose a few clients, but actually most of the people we work with, and this was music and I guess more sort of branded speech-led stuff, realised that they needed to remain remain relevant and they needed to be putting content out, actually yeah. if anything, more than ever. And so we, we actually, yeah, we lost some clients, but actually that initial dip then sort of turned into a bit of a boom really, as everyone we were speaking to was looking at how can they do stuff you know, remotely to create content, to still be putting stuff out there. And I felt like we really capitalized on that, actually. So what was, you know, a scary time as it was for everyone, actually, I think our company, at least, we felt like we, re- we did really well out of it. And we, we not only sort of broadened our client base, but we got in to speak to people that maybe we wouldn't have otherwise, you know, yeah. big companies looking at sort of like audio for the first time, because maybe all their other channels were harder to you know to create content for really so so yeah it, it, the short answer is is lockdown was actually quite a, a good time for us and 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 actually again like a lot of companies it pushed us into this hybrid working where it felt like the team you know we're in the office a couple of days a week now still and that is feels like a really nice balance between getting everyone together getting our heads together but also that chance to stay at home live a more flexible life and get your head down when you need to absolutely did you find like the kind of the fact that people are becoming more and more sort of comfortable with what we're doing now, like, you know, speaking via, you know, a video link, because up until, 
lockdown, I guess for the wider world, you know, you, you might you might Skype your relatives in Australia or something like that, but you wasn't working like this, certainly not en masse. And as we've come out of, of lockdown, certainly from my perspective, I've seen, and, and, and me as a podcaster, it's changed completely. You know, the, the luxury of what seemed jarring at first has now become a complete luxury to, to have these conversations like this and not have to travel into town to meet someone and lose a whole day for a, an hour's meeting. Now, you know, you can roll them out throughout the day. Like, tell me how that's kind of affected, you know, yeah. what you do at Distorted. Yeah, hugely, hugely. I think we were always sort of in tune with this form of communication because our client base is so global. So we'd be speaking to people all over the world and had to do it. And actually, I so before Distorted, I was in working in from mainstream radio stations. And actually, once I was here and working with these international clients, it felt a bit weird, actually, to begin with. Like you say, you used to like Skype and stuff like that for relatives. and But actually doing like a, a business meeting over, over this was a bit like, oh, it's a bit jarring, but I got used to it. But then yeah. yeah, lockdown, it sort of just removed these barriers and I absolutely loved it. I loved it. Yeah, you, you could be speaking to maybe a high level person in a company where normally maybe you'd be in a boardroom or you'd be sort of having, you know, like this very formal presentation and they'd just be in their living room and their kids would be like playing behind them. And, and it feel like it even the playing field. It's like, okay, actually you know what, we're just two individuals, you know what, we're trying to balance our life, look after children, you know, manage COVID, whatever. Yeah. And I think, yeah, it totally leveled the playing field and absolutely loved it. And I think it's got us thinking as a company, you know what, what is important? And I think, you know, we we describe ourselves now as like an audio content agency and we like this idea of being boutique. Obviously, we've got you know, we want to grow as a company. We've got to achieve more things, but we don't want to become a huge company. We want yeah. to keep it personal. We want to make sure that everyone that we work with has a really decent work-life balance, that we can have fun, that we can really enjoy what we do. And that that, that idea of pressure is sort of like a two-way thing that is, is, it's our team enjoys it and we're working towards a shared goal. And I think lockdown has sort of has steered us in that direction. I think we always had this idea of growth and growth and growth and growth. And it's like, oh, maybe we need a bigger office. Maybe we need to do more of this. And, uh, and actually now it's it's the opposite. It's like, you know, how can we give back? How can we be more efficient? You know, like, to be fair, we haven't even talked about this with our, with our staff members, but we've even been looking at like, how can we do, you know, a four-day work week? You know, all these sorts of things. And I think lockdown was the start of that. It, it was how can we leverage that because there are, there are a few bits like like you said you know we did so much remote recording and yes you alluded to the fact we've got this sort of brand new fancy visual podcast studio things have reverted back a bit you know people are wanting to come into the studio more we are doing fewer remote recordings um which is nice which is great and i think that's that's you know i enjoy that actually meeting people at the same time but i really don't want to lose I guess what we found in COVID, like that flexibility, I don't want to lose that. And I feel like, I don't know about you, but it feels like there's certain parts where you feel like, oh, no, I don't want to go back to that. You know, like, like yeah. let's just chat on the phone. Let's not meet in person because it's like going to waste half a day for both of us. Yeah. Stuff. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think it's, a, it, it's nice to find a balance there because I still do think there's so much extra you get from being sat in a room with someone, certainly recording a podcast. You know, I, I do think you get the sort of feel for the room and, and you know, the, the, the body language aspect a little bit more. And But I think the convenience and the fact that we have adapted so well to, to talking like this now, I, I don't think you lose that much by, by, yeah. by remote recording. No, totally. I, I totally agree. And, and like I said, like there's still something for that nuance of meeting someone in person. Definitely. Absolutely. But is it the be all and end all? I think, you know, I still think you can forge really good relationships 
And, you know, from a podcasting point of view, I think you can get some really, really good content. Actually, the flip side of a, you know, a big fancy studio is that sometimes it can be a bit intimidating, especially for people that are not used to being in that environment. And actually, yeah. you can get better content out of people when they're in a more relaxed environment in their own space. So, yeah, so yeah like there's it's sort of horses for courses, really. Absolutely. I mean, we're talking about, you know, sort of changes and stuff in, in, in the industry over the recent years. And and I, I think it's safe to say that, the, you know, we've seen monumental growth in the, the podcast industry of late and no more so than sort of getting a visual on it at the podcast show last week, seeing so many people there and, 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 and seeing so many brands doing really, really well, you know, within that industry. Alex, what would you say has been the most sort of significant changes in the, the, the audio industry in your time within it? You know what? That's a that's a really good question. I think it has become far more accessible. That is what I absolutely love about it. I think it's funny the amount of people you speak to at the moment who might be working at a big media companies who are like, you know what? I'm just going to go set up on my own. I'm either just going to become a freelancer, or you know what? I'm going to set up my own production company, and that might just be a one man band. Could be a couple of people. Um, you know, when I like radio was always my love, and that's all I wanted to do. And when I got there. I was just like, oh my God, this is incredible. And I never thought I'd actually leave radio, you know, sort of this, this idea of working for a broadcaster. But actually, you know what? It's a very close shop. You know, the radio is an expensive medium, you know, and maybe you could argue it's changing a bit now with certain small scale DAB, but you need a hell of a lot of money. You know, it, it's sort of controlled by, you know, very few people. And what I love about audio is, is this sort of idea of like democratized audio. You know, now anyone can go and create something and it could be you know, a number one podcast. And and it could be, yes, there are big podcast production companies out there that have turned it into a full-on business like we have. But actually, you could be a one-man band and you could create something that just captures the sort of hearts and minds of, of, of the nation. And it could just do incredibly well. And that is what I absolutely love. You can't do that. You can't just be like, I couldn't just be like, oh, I'm going to go start a radio station today. And like, oh, wait a second. I've like, got to go speak to Ofcom. I've got to go get a license. I've got to go do this. You know, like that democratization of audio, I think is absolutely incredible. And I think we still probably got a way to go still because, yeah, yeah I feel fortunate. I've come from a radio background. So I've sort of, th- those skills were quite transferable. So how can we make it easier for people to get into audio? Um, and we don't want to create those barriers that maybe radio created. But that is what I love. And I think it's still as much as when we're in this bubble, it feels like, God, podcasting has been going on for ages. And, you know, like, you know, is it just going to sort of plateau? But actually, I still think the people that I have conversations with daily who are not in this world, it still feels like such a new thing. And I think it's exciting to see where it will go, you know, this time next year, five years. I think that the landscape is going to evolve so hugely. I think like this idea of visual podcasting, this idea of, you know, like small social um, sort of snippets that, yeah. that the podcast has been very good for, for, you know, like so much say TikTok content is actually podcast content and it's just chopped up. I think, I think the lines are going to blur so much between what is YouTube content, what is podcast content, radio content, they are all going to mix and mash. And I think, you know, video stars are wanting to have audio content and audio stars want to have video content. So, so I think it's this, it's all going to amalgamate and I don't think there's a right or a wrong way about it, but that excites me. Like, I think it's just, you know, I think the beauty of audio is that we can do things relatively cheaply. And I think that means we can be nimble. And I think that means we can go where the market goes. And I think that's what excites me. I think the fact that I don't necessarily have an answer for where the next 12, 24, 36 months is, is the exciting thing. It's it, the path is not yet sort of, you know, laid out in front of us. 
I totally agree. And, and so much of what you said there is very much the sort of ethos of Pod Bible and, and the fact that, you know, we've seen huge celebrities getting associated with a brand and a podcast created for them that you'd think on paper with that brand and that super famous face, this is going to be incredible, but it's just a gig for that celebrity. It's not engaging. It's not that good. There's lots out there that are. Yeah. We've been sent some stuff from somewhere. I just think it just doesn't work. Whereas I love that that sort of punk ethos of the fact that you can pick up your telephone and record a quick podcast and put it out. And within, you know, within 10 minutes, you're a podcaster. You know, you yeah. like you say, you can't do that in radio. And I do think that's what excites us. As much as we love to have, you know, your Adam Buxton's and your Stephen Fry's on the cover of Pop Bible, you open that front cover and straight away we will always say, what is a podcast? How do we listen to it? Because so many people still are unaware, you know, to touch on what you said there as well, what a podcast is. I have grandparents that say to me, oh, how's the podcast going? Yeah, yeah, it's going really well. What is it? <laughs> and it's like, you know, them conversations are still being had, but it is that sort of punk ethos that I love. And we saw that over lockdown as well, that people that would never probably ever consider making a podcast, they can do it. And like you said, you can't go and start a radio station that easily. And and I love that. And that's what excites me. And yeah, I, what you said there, so much of that resonated with, with what we're trying to sort of do at, at, yeah, at Pod Bible. That that's it. I think this idea that, like you said, celebrity is one aspect, and I think I think that celebrity podcast has probably a lot been born out of the idea of, oh, how do we get some you know easy marketing here? You know, sure. when it's so much brand, sure. oh, we'll just tap into their followers. Um, but in a previous life, so much of my job was about like finding new talent on radio. It felt really hard to do because you had you could only tap into the people that actually wanted to be radio presenters. And they were sort of few and far between. And then you had to sort of like, they were sort of fighting amongst the stations and this, that and the other. Whereas now, specifically on the branded side, we will meet people who may never have presented before, but you meet these characters who are natural born presenters who don't even know how good they are. And they can anchor a recording. They are charismatic. They are funny. And they are just brilliant. And I, and, and I feel like it's, it's opened the floodgates to people like this sort of idea of, of what talent is. Yeah, they're not celebrities. They're just Joe Blogs, but they are brilliant, brilliant communicators. And I think I absolutely love that. And I actually love working with people who are not broadcasters, actually, and, and, and you know, eking the best stuff out of them and, and yeah. sort of teaching them, coaching them, because there are some brilliant, brilliant people out there. And I love that idea that, yeah, it's it's the bedroom podcast. And I hope, I hope podcasting doesn't lose that. I think as yeah. much brilliant that brands and celebrities are getting involved and you need that i really hope it the open nature and that sort of underdog feet vibe that podcast has always had i hope we don't lose that because i think that is the bit why you know what why so many bedroom podcasts are out there and yeah they might not get a lot of listeners but you know even just the hobbyists i think it's so important i think it's um it's an amazing outlet definitely absolutely alex if people want to find out more about distorted and what what, what you can do for them where's the best way for them to find out all about you yeah, you know what? I think the, the easiest way is just head to our website, old hat I know, this is distorted.com. Like I say, we work with so many different sort of individuals, brands, businesses on, I guess, their audio strategy, or people have never thought of that they 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 wanted to enter into that audio world, but maybe have an itch that they want to scratch or want to look at a different way of communicating. Always happy to sit down, have a, a coffee, virtual or not, um, and and look at how we yeah, we might be able to work together. Fantastic. And that website address? Yeah, this is distorted.com. Wonderful. Alex, thank you very much. Yeah, no, great chatting. 
thank you so much, Alex. And thank you, Stu. And thank you to everybody for listening. If you're still subscribed to the podcast, we really appreciate it. We will continue to bring out bonus episodes of the Pod Bible podcast. If you've just found us, please do go back and have a look at the back catalogue. As you'll see, there's over 100 episodes with me, Stu, Scroobius Pip, speaking to loads of different people. Uh, we've had our digital editor, Fran Tarowskis, on here, interviewing people as well. All the big stars of podcasting, uh, if you go back, you can hear a lot of good conversations uh, of people talking about their shows, but also recommending the shows they love to listen to. As I said, the new issue of Pod Bible is available to listen to if you head to podbiblemag.com. And big shouts to Buddy Peace, who edits and produces this podcast, does amazing work for us, uh, yet again uh, has come in and put this episode out for us. So thank you to Buddy. And uh, thank you for listening. And is there anything else to say? I don't think there is. We've got another final issue of the year out on the 3rd of December, Sunday the 3rd of December. So look out for that. Lots of big plans for 2024 as well. So we'll see you very soon. And uh, if you've got a pod you want to tell us about, podbiblemag.com. You can fill out the contact sheet or send us an email, get involved or in touch via social media, whatever you want to do. And we'll see you all very soon. This podcast is part of the ACAST Creator Network and we'll speak to you soon. Thanks guys. Bye.